Welcome back to the Profitable Python. I'm your host, Ben McNeil, and on this episode, you will meet Gabre Hughes. Gabre is a young professional with a passion and experience for data science and IT security. His aim is to develop IT systems that harness the potential that the Caribbean has to compete in the global landscape. Gabre, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. I'm, I'm just glad, excited. Just an honor to be here. Yeah, glad you're here too. And uh, while the internet is excellent, we're just going to go for it now. So, uh, when did you first become interested in specializing in data science and IT security? Um, I. Hmm. My first interest in, in specializing in data science was like a long, long time ago, I got my first job as a data analyst. And from there, it just, just went. And I developed skills and techniques in, in that field and going forward and building myself going forward up to where I am now. Excellent. That's awesome. And what would you consider your first success as a data scientist? Um, getting my one of my qualifications could be my second one. My first one was actually seeing how the how the actual data played played out. Seeing how the insight was developed because of what we did as a team. Mm -hmm. Awesome. And uh, what potential are you most excited about uh, developing for the Caribbean? Like where do you um, think this they'll be strongest in the global landscape? Well, we really strongest thing global landscape is that we can bring a lot of insight. There's a lot of things that Caribbean has to offer in the entire world, and there's a lot of things that Caribbean can actually do, not just as one country, but the entire CARICOM, as we call ourselves down here. And using that insight, we can actually build ourselves and map ourselves to the global landscape and give a lot of real world and more up to date recognition of the Caribbean because we have a lot of talented um, individuals in our field down here that to all, all the international suits and they have a lot of experience and a lot of insight feeling with sometimes backward thinking and using that to, to drive innovation that would actually show us that show the world that hey we are ready to compete and as a Caribbean, as a Caribbean professional and an entrepreneur I believe that bringing that that feel to the global landscape is what, is what we actually need to um, trying to push the company to do that, trying to push myself to do that. I think the Caribbean has this wide range of skills that we can actually push. So not just in carnival only, but in tourism, in trade, in shipping, a lot of things that we can do here in the Caribbean can actually help push and add to the world's value. Hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. So just getting it's like a marketing task at this point is that kind of what i'm hearing yeah okay i see awesome um what is your algorithm for developing long standing relationships with people uh that you bring value um for bring value actually you should have that value uh one of my algorithms for that is actually just building a relationship with them Showing them what I can provide, what we can provide, and just build and make sure that we go forward. Stronger relationships means good business 
and also a, a kind of trust between you and your clients and you and other individuals, other partners in fields and outside of your field. So by doing that, now we can actually show that we are building that relationship going forward. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, it sounds like there's maybe no real shortcuts with that. It just it takes time or like what is your, is there like a methodology that you use to kind of accelerate the process of um, uh, uh, increasing the trust that way you can get down to business and start uh, adding value well the first thing is, is it actually take a chance so sometimes you take a chance on us and when they do take the chance they have to see the value so it's always delivering on the expectation and making sure we deliver quality and quality work not just in professional but also personal because Building that, that level of professionalism to them, and over the eyes, seeing that, hey, we can do business with this guy, or we can do business with this company because they show that level of professionalism right through. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Okay, great. And um, what have you learned about designing good data visualizations that you wish you knew when you first started out? Python. Python. How long did it take you to figure out, like, man, this is the way to go? Uh, a while, because I was using a lot of Excel, um, using the pivot points in Excel. And yeah. then I got into Python, and I saw Seaborn and Amatoblib, and I was like, ooh, I can do this, <laughs> and how I manipulate. So it was like, oh, right, I can do this, I can do that. And like, oh, ooh. Yep. I was like, uh, child of Christmas for me. <laughs> That's awesome. Are you, uh, I know in the pre-interview you had mentioned something about um, kind of, you do a lot of work with databases, like you'll design them. I know you got your MCSA at, at one point. Um, so are you usually working with SQL Server or do you work with all kinds of databases or how does that? So I, I work with a lot of DSFs instead of databases. Um, I, did, I got most of, my, so most of my skills are more on the infrastructure side of IT. Okay. I uh, will have all the MTSE so that deal with servers, getting bring up servers, setting up servers in VMs and stuff like that, to up enterprise and operations and stuff like that. So most of my skills was, was built on that. So I built my first foundation in 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 infrastructure, but mm-hmm. I also had a passion for it. So sometimes if I have to, I go into the database side of it, then as I go along. And because you can always learn in class, but when you go in real world, you have to see real experience and see different ways, different methodologies, also deal with different things. So mm-hmm. sometimes I work with SQL Server, sometimes I work with MySQL, uh, um, sometimes I work with uh, Oracle. So it depends on what I'm doing at that point in time or what software I use. So I'm like, yay. I love it. You're there. You're not religious about the technology. It's just whatever the right tool for the job. And that's the answer. Exactly. Yeah. I love it, man. That's a good, that's a good response there. Um, what is your, uh, method for requirements gathering when you're working with, uh, clients? Is there, and is there anything you kind of like picked up along the way that you're like, man, I really wish I would have started doing things a certain way, uh, like starting out. So if I start off, it's asking the right question. What do they want this for? Because you can always have all the tools in the world, but they don't know what, what you're looking for, then it, it's mute. 
So mm-hmm. I always ask them the right question. So what are you trying to achieve by this? And by asking that question, we build on the question. So when we actually get down to actually going into the data, then we understand, all right, we have to use this method of data gathering to get this result. So we going to Facebook, we going to Instagram, um, click. It's like based on the pages and stuff like that. So we kind of do different things to see how we can build insight or build discovery or build like a wide range of other stuff. Because we unique in that sense because we get to understand the question before we go into the data. Mm-hmm. So once you understand the question, then we go into the data and actually start to understand how we do things with the data going forward. And the, and the, uh, the intuition with knowing the right questions to ask is that like if somebody's kind of new to this whole thing like they're just they're doomed they got to figure it out on their like they have to make mistakes is that the only way Um, yes 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 yes. (laughs) trial by fire (laughs) trial by fire all right well i mean at least you know what you're up against noob newbies (laughs) so (laughs) that's cool that yeah thanks Thanks for not sugarcoating it. We need some straight talk here. Yeah. So I appreciate that. Um, when building reporting systems, do you always build them from scratch or do you have some kind of uh, platform that you reuse? Outsource using some other tools. Wait, uh, it's more useful. Uh, if you don't mind me uh, interrupting, can you uh, start from scratch there? Uh, answering that question, it kind of cut out. Oh, sorry. So sometimes depends on who depends on the question we're looking for. Sometimes you have to build it from scratch. And okay. We, after that, we look for if it's not something like that, then we actually go to the with the outsource or something like that, so we could use it a bit mm-hmm. a third party, a free one, you know, something cut course. Yeah. In this time, in, in, in this in this day, the cut course. So sometimes you use a free one. So it's, I, there's kind of a reoccurring theme here that I'm hearing. It's like very dependent on the client's needs and, mm-hmm. and you, you spend a lot of time kind of doing the requirement gathering. And then that really dictates like the type of database, the type of platform that these reports will occur on and all that stuff. Is that? Yeah, there's no, yeah, no client is, is one, is one client or one unique set of clients. Each yeah. Client one different thing. So one client may want one visualization. One client is one one um, business, well, business insight. So basically, a whole a holistic approach of the business, a whole approach to get more clients, increase turnover. Sometimes some clients might want, uh, they want to see the long term um, predictions or predictions going forward. So different clients look for different things. So we have to just build techniques around the same on the clients to make it unique. Mm-hmm. Same online principle, asking the right questions, data gathering getting right data, qualifying the data, stuff like that. But going forward, we always have to try to make it unique to the client. And then. So that builds that relationship with us and the client because we make it unique to them that tailor made. We're not um, bespoke, we're more tailor made to the client. Yeah. I, I mean, it sounds like a lot of work. So like how many people 
like if you're trying to get something done, like in the next month, like how many people do you need? Or is this like a one man job? Sometimes a one man job depends on what you're doing. If it's visualization, it could be me alone. Um, but if it's like a uh, high level coach where we need to go and do analysis and data deep and stuff like that, you know, hire external sources to come in to do that. Okay. Yeah, that's that's good to know. Um, alrighty. So, what is the most challenging part of building process improvement systems? Gathering data. Gathering the data. Yes. Wow. That is the most difficult part because to, to get to know where you need to improve on it to get it better. And sometimes that is a little difficult if you don't have a data strategy, a company doesn't have a data strategy in place. So mm. then you invent one for them and use that to gather the data. And uh, this is how we go and track data for going forward from now on and stuff like that. And get a lot of change management in that particular, in that particular group. So gathering that data now is surrounding yourself with the understanding that they don't have a strategy. You still need to put in a strategy. So when you put in a strategy, you get good data. So then you get detail, get good insight. And when you get that good insight, you're like, yeah, so this is where you can go. Yeah. So, if, so if, you don't, if you skip that stuff, then you're like, oh, damn, oh. <laughs> so I guess the next, like, natural, well, the question that I have is, like, when when people engage with you, do they, they must know they need some help, but are they asking for these solutions? Or are you kind of like, Okay, if we're gonna go where you need to go, we need to start here and and go through this process. Or 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 do they just know like I need a database with this and I need seaborne visualizations, like or no. So sometimes <laughs> so it's like, uh, we want this. So okay, we want X, but do you have Y and Z? Uh no, we just want X. Oh, you wanna get X to get Y and Z, like, yeah. So you have W and I said, um, no, not really, you know, but we need to get there. So sometimes it's like, it's like that. And then sometimes it's like, oh, we are we are rest, so that's needed to get there. It's like, okay, cool. We'll see. So it depends on the client, depends on how far we have to start from. We look to, to build on a specific. Hmm. So uh, it sound, uh, have you ever had um like a time where it was kind of challenging to manage the client's expectations? Like, they thought like, oh, you could just like flick the light switch and it uh, it comes on, or or is everybody usually pretty like, okay, you're the you're the boss, you know best. We've got this much money, um, you know, is this realistic? Like, how how do those relationships work? I guess I'm I'm curious. So when we develop a relationship with clients, um, is sometimes it's easier. So they would just trust you whole out. Like, here's what we need. Uh, here's money. There's your room, make magic. Yeah. <laughs> and then there are some clients like, nah, and, and sometimes you have to coach them through. So, so what in a, one of the processes we do is that we more or less walk them through the process every, every step we take. So if we go and do this, right, we walk them through and explain why we're doing it. Mm-hmm. I found that that is a lot easier to do that. It sounds like work, but it's more easier to when they manage work with clients. So they will be off your back most of the time, but they like do the querying. So once they see that deliverable coming forward, and they will like, it's not intangible. So like, all right, you're actually doing something. You're actually doing what you said he's going to do. So mm-hmm. it's that 
it gives them that comfort, that ease of mind, a peace of mind, and gives you that peace of mind also for going forward with the, with the client, going forward with the project, because it's more or less you working with your clients to get the end result, which is get the visualization, get the data science, how it's known here in the Caribbean. So using them to the sell up with a mouth is better than I call it selling, hey, this is a new thing, let's go with it. So that in the sense is that sometimes guiding a client a long way we need to go is the best way to work. So sometimes mm-hmm. I just have to guide them, hold their hand. Hey, yeah. Come on, let's go. That's what they're paying the premium price for, the this the hand holding and so it really it really sounds like um like what what do you think is more difficult like the technology or like the communication side because i it's it's almost like if you're if you don't have both you're screwed is kind of what it sounds like <laughs> you can have both you are screwed um, yeah. <laughs> the technology technology is something that i love so it's not hard to do it's figure about we just figure about or figure it out and finally, we look around sometimes to check that all together and make it look good. Yeah. And the communication part is they, they don't understand. So speaking IT to business is like, all right, um, how do I say this in your language? Okay, so if you put this in place, you put that in place, make you more money. You get to go? I'm like, oh, because if you say, I have been in here, we've gone around the database. So they need to pull out reports and stuff like that so you can actually look at these visualizations or bring that into analysis and they'd be like, huh? <laughs> put X for Y, make you more money. Yeah. yeah. And it's not like it's not like they don't understand that but technical jargon is a little difficult for them. So sometimes as IT professionals you slip into that technical jargon just so because it's easy for us to talk to. But when you translate the business side and build that IT business alignment is a little difficult. So sometimes you have to actually talk as they talk and, and coach them along so they get it and also teach them also. So when they have a next project, they will know what they are talking about. They will have yeah. that regular communication. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love I love what you were saying there about basically like talking like they talk. For, it's so easy for us nerds to just get all kinds of crazy, yeah, but that, like, that's ooh. not helping us. That's not helping us help them. No, 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 no. That's not helping us help them because. When they number one sit on board, you know, they look at those figures, they look at all right, how this benefits them. And saying that adding this silver does long time, you you should know this. Uh, years ago they had the, the premise or the idea that IT is just a black hole. You send money there, you don't know what we're getting, but things working. Send money, you know again, you have internet. Send money, you have Wi-Fi. So now we have to understand like hey, send money for these processes. And it's hard to understand these processes in power that as data has, has increased over the years and it's starting to turn into like this like of, of data all over the years and getting the internet of things and they're getting all these insights and developing all these strengths and all these big data analysis being getting done and giving them that level of insight. They start to see the level of trust they start giving to IT and started giving to data science also because they start to see all right, we could use this to build this. And launches new products, you could use this to do that, and you could use this to do that, but you could use these processes to do that. So mm-hmm. that is, in turn, is one of the enjoyments of actually having that in the organization. Yeah. A level of understanding between the boardroom table to the IT shop. Mm. 
I love it. That's awesome. So is there a methodology that you recommend to help locate areas to focus on delivering value? I, you may have already touched on this a little bit already. Um, one thing I look at is trying to understand the client or trying to understand the company. So mm-hmm. like it's an organization hires you like to research an organization. So let's say they sell perfume. Okay. And we look at what perfume they sell, what brand they sell, and and we're doing that so we try to still build the value. And we're doing that we try to see I we look at this point of view instead of that point of view. Before we go into the client, we gotta look below build that understanding for ourselves. So we walk in the meeting, we can actually start matching what we understand for what they're saying, and we can develop some level of truth. And when they're developing that level of truth, like they actually see, all right, so you have these products that you think that is making the most money, but it's not. And you have these products that are actually making the most money, so you need to advertise these products more. And put these on the back, on the back burner because these are things that actually pay your bills. And look at the different avenues in the organization to build the other products that are not making the most money. Find out why they're not making the most money. And then you start to see, you start to develop some insights on why they're not doing it because maybe it's not the wrong focus to be using. So maybe instead of putting these targeting meals between um, 18 to 25, it's actually targeting meals between 50 to 40. So you need to actually boost, that, boost their advertising for that range of bracket. Which is what you're using, you're doing before. Mm-hmm. So, when you get in the organization, there's a you start to develop the level of truth. Because we go what we think. They'll tell us what they know. And we build that relationship of that relationship they're looking for. And that mm-hmm. goes to the key things that we actually look for when doing you know, data science. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. There's, uh, it, it sounds like, okay, so you have this, like, let's say this perfume example but then you might have another client in like a whole different area. So is it kind of, is it, is your big skill kind of like being able to go in there and learn the business fast or do you just focus on certain types of businesses? It seems like it would be a lot of work to shift gears all the time. Well, I like to learn new things. So that's one. Um, It is a lot of work to shift gears fast, but, as a data scientist, you understand that insight is key. The more knowledge you have, the more insight you have on a certain subject or certain aspect of a business will help you in your career going forward. Mm-hmm. It's never just, all right, one size is all kind of vibe. You work on this project. Because if you look at something like Google, they don't just look at one side of things, they look at all sides of things. Um, so when you're doing business or doing data science, you the more understanding you have because it can help you in a next project you're going to do. So marketing, you learn some parts of marketing and a client who's having a problem with a product, you can actually help them because you learn the marketing jargon, you learn the techniques in marketing. So learning things is one of the things that actually data scientists help build their, their, their insights and build that knowledge base that they have. So and going forward to talking to new clients, you're actually seeing, all right, this and that is actually making sense because you get to know what's going on and you get to understand the brain behind it, the driving force behind what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Because 
in IT users have already a serviceability or military but in data science we have that that combination of statistics and programming and machine learning. So we get to have to understand all right these different aspects going into it, how we could use that to underline product is to make more predictions or get, get more sales or get more people to understand all right this is a product that they should they should buy because they have these added benefits to it. So understanding all areas of business helps. I, I, I would think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's just, it, it's almost like, it's just a reoccurring theme for me listening to you here. It's like, there's no shortcuts. You're going to like, you've got to love the, um, the struggle of like learning the business, learning the technology. Like if you're not passionate about this, you might as well go find something else to do because there's no shortcuts. <laughs> It is. There's no shortcuts. Um, the the basis uh, in the in questions was my strong suit was in my IT career, but I learned it. Yeah. Um, programming was one of my strong suits, but I learned it. I looked for aspects in it that I liked, and I worked with it. So to me, programmers is like magicians. They're like from Harry Potter, like ooh, when Guardian love you, sir. <laughs> 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 I love it. Yeah, I mean, it is like superpowers, man. Yeah, so I had to learn um, different aspects in programming. So I looked at Python. Python was easy to learn. And I like Java. Most people might hate me for saying that, but I like Java. That was good. Um, so I learned the different aspects of it. And once you understand the basic framework of it, it's basically the same thing that's repetitive, different languages, different syntax. Mm-hmm. So it's more or less your understanding. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Good on you, man. That's awesome. Um, are there any products that you've recently purchased or are interested in that are AI enabled? Uh, I use, I have Android, so everything on my Android phone is really AI enabled. Every, they're just, they're, yeah, they're, they're watching every, every keystroke, yeah. every <laughs> footstep. <laughs> exactly. Um, one of the things I want to purchase is the Alexa. The Alexa? Um, yes, the Alexa. Um, the Echo is one of the things I want to purchase because it's like Android enabled. Yeah. Um, the Google Home thing, next thing I want to purchase. Hopefully, um, I may enable a Java system. So I can add it into something. You know, so I get out of Java going on. Hopefully, I might think that I am at one day. Yeah, <laughs> but um, AI is something that I really want to get into. Um, I'm sh- not struggling, but I'm getting into it gradually as I go into my career. As I project my career, it's like, all right, I went into AI because the, the added benefits of it. Mm-hmm. So, so vo- is what? voice? You're you're into voice quite a bit. A little bit. Um, one of the voice effects. One of the things I'm working on is building a chatbot that actually could help differently able persons. Mm-hmm. So basically when they communicate with the chatbot, they go in the chatbot and or somebody clicks for them and they actually talk the queries and have that chatbot scan the website for the information they're looking for, also get them in frequent asking questions and learn as they go because it helps build that customer awareness. It helps build that that client relationship that 
So when you say um, B2C, that B2C relationship, it helps build that um, social responsibility as from a company side. Because mm-hmm. not, it, it is not basically built for one particular group, but for everyone. Everyone can come in to use it. And if, well, if it, if it can't hear or different able in that aspect, well, it could type. And you can get the information faster because sometimes people don't have problems navigating the website to search or find basic information. And they have to call. Now, if you use a chatbot to type in a request, you can't put, will send back new responses for you as you're looking for. And it helps you as a customer feel more relieved because, A, they're helping me get this thing faster. So, you know, that they build a relationship with your brand and get that brand understanding. And, Try to support your brand going forward every every endeavor that you go to. Hmm. Is that so? The chatbot experience that I have is like a Google product. Are you like the Google Cloud? I think they had they had some cool. Are is that kind of what you'd be building something like that in or? Yes, something like that. Um, that Google Assistant is what sparked the the interest in chatbot. Yeah, because when is, when is doing the, the the program or as launching it, and how to react, how the AI was reacting with the, with the person was like, oh my god, I swear I was the primary person because it can be an idiosyncrasies in the voice. So, you know, hmm, and the responses was so humanized. It was like, wow, this is how far I reach, and I want to get onto that train because. Mm-hmm. Wow, because it was just so interactive. It was so accomplished because you see him where he was going because that person didn't know this or think it was a robot. The speech pattern was humanized. The responses was humanized. It, was, it wasn't like uh, this is, it was more clear flowing like a conversation. Yeah. That is what, um, that is what is that, it, it, my interest because it was flowing as a conversation. Mm-hmm. Now, no longer you might have to talk to a customer care um, representative to get something done. They can actually do it with AI and then they can actually get the, your soft results faster and you um, can get checks and balances and queries done a little quicker because they have that level of confidence in it. And to me, now it's like, okay. This is where we reach. Um, I want to help take this a little further. Yeah. I want to help make this a reality. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. It's like maybe you could help more more people with less personnel. Like you could actually mm-hmm. have like one or two people answering the phones, serving like, I don't know, uh, hundreds of people maybe, depending on like mm-hmm. their queries and stuff. Like maybe the chatbot handles most of it, you know, for you or... But yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Because with the chatbot, it eliminates the, the calling and asking. Like, let's say you have a power outage. Let's say you have a, a service provider outage down. Right. Instead of calling and bombarding the, the call center with what's going on, you can actually use the chatbot. Hey, what's going on? Well, we're having outages in these, these areas. And you can actually send out the responses without you having to say. So as the outage goes down, they see it. The chatbot send across responses to the to all the users in that area, so they would know what to expect. Because most of the time, when people they, they everything go down, they're like, "Okay, what's going on?" And they start a call. Um, with that 
influx of calling is like at the end of that. So like, uh, 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 um, it comes the flood with a lot of course asking the same thing and the legitimate course that people want to, um, to do installations or people want to change, upgrade the packages. They won't get you because a whole line of course are in. So chatbots and, and AI can actually limit limit the calls coming in in those situations and also build your customer awareness going forward. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Like, um, you know, forgive me for, you know, at the risk of repeating myself here, but pretty much like what you're talking about is just another way to ensure that they're getting good, high quality communication. So it's like a really powerful, um, you want to have this uh, tool in your tool belt. And, uh, just the, the high quality communication that that's like the reoccurring theme that I keep hearing here. It's like, whether you're working with your clients, making sure they know what, what stage they are in the process, spoon feeding them, whatever they need, or, you know, like hand holding or what spoon feeding. Yeah, it, <laughs> I mean, it, it, if it's, it, is, it is because people spend their money for value in this yeah. day. People spend their money for value. People spend their money for, that level of comfort when I call Steve, with State Farm, like a good name of State Farm is there, and <laughs> people want that experience. Yeah, people want that experience, and once you can give people that kind of experience, I think that would build your customer base as an organization and build your branding as an organization because they get that level of value. And going back to data science. Most of the data scientists, most of the data scientists I know, may do a PhD in in um, human behavior because they 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 want to understand people better. So when they understand people better, you get a lot of insights. You can deliver um, the variables and products suited for people's understanding and making their life a lot easier. Mm, yeah, like super personalized is is the direction it's all going. It makes a lot yeah. of sense. It's really powerful what you're saying too. I mean, for you, for me, it's kind of like a reminder. I don't know if it's, it's my intuition yet. Obviously, it's your intuition with these things. But for somebody that's never heard this before, I mean, this could be a complete game changer. Like you could be going over here and then you hear this conversation and now your, your path is corrected. So what you're sharing yeah. is powerful, man. All right. So in terms of how, okay, um, you have, have watched a show called Limitless. Say that again. A show, a TV series called Limitless. Limitless. Yes. So that idea came from watching an episode, the first episode where the guy was on NZT, used NZT to help find out what his father's um, illness was. And he traced it back to his great-grandparents back way back when. And it was actually something that was hit um, in the family gene. Very hereditary, um, skip a generation might, but you still might have a chance of getting it. Imagine you could use that to help diabetes or blindness or heart failure or high blood pressure or whatever that might, might kill you quick, quicker. Mm-hmm. Having that personal base to your family and your doctor can understand, all right, you had the, your family had this before, so you have chances of probability might get in this back. That builds more lives being safe. That builds a proper healthcare system. That builds people understanding that, all right, not because I don't have it, my child might get it, or be, 
and they have to get that information so you they know what's going on. They can expect that, all right, they put their mind at ease at a level of comfort because, hey, this is what's going on. This is the thing that could affect my family. These few things are potent in my family gene. This might help me. This might not help me. Information is there to help you make a better decision about your life. And to me, personalize anything is more valuable than having something that is tailored for everyone. Yeah. Like a custom suit or a custom pants. Tailor made is better for you in technology. Yeah, that's, man, that's, 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 that you got your money's worth right there, folks. <laughs> awesome, man. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. I mean, I'm sitting here processing it while I'm trying to uh, host the show and it's challenging. So thank you. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Um, thank you. Bob. Yeah. <laughs> um, what? So you'd mentioned in the pre-interview that you are in the next three to five years, you want to learn some new languages and uh, maybe even learn an, in- an instrument. And I was wondering, yeah. what is what is driving you to go these these different directions? I guess it's exciting. Um, well, basically, more on the lines of learning new things, um, experiencing new cultures, learning new, new instrument might help your help your brain and make it make it more, more sharper. Um, sequences and stuff like that in terms of data science it helps with that. Um, learning a new language just or two because I want to travel so learning to some languages and communicating in the field, it helps the relationship with other people because they can talk, they can talk English, but if you can talk to them in their own language, they'd be like, ah, here, you part of the family. Come in, come in, come in, come in. You understand? Know yeah, that... My driving force, yeah. You got an angry dog back there. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's part of the fun, folks. This is what you get, all right? Uh, the... Okay. <laughs> Yeah, the so like, man, you're the communication master. Like, you're just you're hungry for like high quality communication, is what I'm hearing here. Like, maybe I I'm telling maybe. you, I, from the outside looking in, like you are like that's your that's your superpower, man. This tech stuff, you got that, but it's the communication thing that I think is really it makes you unique for sure. That's like that's your success. Like any success you'll achieve going forward, it's because you're mm-hmm. awesome at communication. Is what I'm hearing. Oh, thank you, thank you. Yeah, uh, I, I try, I try. <laughs> yeah. So, um, uh, you had also mentioned in your pre-interview that a non-negotiable every day is prayer, and I was wondering why. Uh, like, does that just set your mind right, or what is your motivation for that? Um. My motivation for prayer every morning is because giving thanks. Sometimes you might be able to wake up next morning, people go to bed feeling normal and can't wake up or they're paralyzed or something. So having the ability to get up and walk and breathe is like saying, hey, thank you. So prayer is more just me giving gratitude and being thankful and being mindful for what I have. The little, little things that I have, like health, strength, ability to do a push-up or two. Um, that is just me just saying thanks for just giving me the that life and giving me the strength and giving me the kind of mind that I have going forward. That is the later level of understanding and being always mindful that hey, do not take your life for granted because yeah. look what's going on in your thing. One minute you were happy and free, and now everything is just more trusted. You had to be shut down, 
things around you. So you think that that that's your prayer in the morning it helps. Yeah, that makes so it's like just that um like gratitude is another way I've heard it. Like you just you're constantly in a state of gratitude and uh you probably I don't know, would you say you have like less less stress in your life because you're just whatever kind of comes your way, you're you're thankful, I guess, for what you have instead of like wanting more or or how how would you explain well, that, I guess? I will always want more. Um mm. but being thankful for what you have now is, is is the key to getting more. So it's like what Gary said, you have a group of followers, but you want more followers. You can't for what you have or what's connected with the followers that you have. Mm. So you want to get more followers, you can add to what you're doing. So they'll be like, hey, listen to this guy. He's really, he's really respond. He's really talk. He's really that guy that you, he will actually respond to you or text you back and help you or coach you or whatever have you. So for me, that's doing, being thankful for the things that I have will actually help me get more things because that level of gratitude helps you go forward. Yeah, that's, man, that's, that's freaking powerful, right? Again, um, I couldn't agree more with you. So thanks for sharing it. That's, that's yeah, awesome. Seriously, man. Like, even with the podcast, I feel the same way. Like, I want, I want to serve more people. I want more followers for the podcast. But, like, again, what you're saying, it's like, be thankful for what you have. That way, when it does, when it does come time, you'll be more prepared to to serve those people. So it hits home, and I appreciate the reminder. I don't know that it's always on my mind like that. I'm usually just like hungry for more, you know. But I, I yeah, hungry for more. Is, yeah, hungry for more is actually good. I yeah. believe that. Um, I think I think coming from um, Matthew McConaughey's speeches, one of his speeches, I think he had one of us or something, and he said. He chased, you know, was chasing the, the vision of him five years from now. And that stuck with me because it can't be competing with everybody else. Compete with yourself. People, people who always say that I compete with this one, I compete with that one. And when I find out the person they competing with, they really care, but he's competing with himself. He wants to do better for himself, improve himself. So being, I was chasing that better goal of being better or being more mindful or what does improve you. It helps improve those around you. It comes back to one of the poems that I really love. Um, is one of the past people is that do not let your light dim to let others feel um, an inadequate around you. Or be like a child and like to shine because your light shine also inspires others also to do other things. It inspires people to do a lot of things that you will never thought of. Are you just doing that and doing it free, um, freely, not looking for any gain from it? Um, that's one of the things I started DS by is off of because they didn't have no, they didn't have any awareness of data science in Caribbean or data science in, in my country. Now, a couple of people that have it. Most of the big companies use it to get that level of insight because they are an international backing. But from a Caribbean nation going forward, they don't have that level of, hey, data science will help data science will do this. We progress, yes, but we still do, doesn't have a level of free thinking that we can use different technologies. You know, something in the habit of it. And that's one thing I'm very proud of, especially in my country, because we're looking at companies and ministries actually suddenly use CD Power by IT. And so that's bringing it to the table instead of, now I see the background, we put things in and things just come out. Now it's in, and I value and 
IT shop now starts seeing business IT alignment going forward and bringing that together. So, with being mindful, must be mindful and being gratitude because it's just a part of me just being better, trying to taste the being better and bringing that value and showing that we can add and compete into the international standard because as a Caribbean nation, we only thing we may be known for is passing, but we are, it can be known for other things also. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's uh, really empowering, man. I mean, it's it's like playing the game at a different level. Like you can be you can be competing with other people, or you can just compete with yourself. And you're you'll go a lot farther. It sounds like if you're if you're just only competing with yourself. That's awesome. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. And uh, how so you're so you got your MCSA. This this was like one of the the first things. Uh, like I remember in the pre-interview, you were you were saying like people were kind of like being critical of of your abilities, and you got this thing, and you're like, no, I'm going this way. Like I thought that was a pretty cool story. Yeah. So um, yeah, people were also being critical of me growing up, and it was kind of weighing down on me as a person. But MBS wasn't my first one. My first one was A plus. Oh, A plus. Yeah, that's yeah, awesome. But MBS was the one that. Help push my career forward mm-hmm. because I got A plus when I was like 15 or 14. Um, but MTSA is actually what pushed me a little forward, helped me understand a, little, a lot for myself getting from getting that MTSA because I wanted to do SQL Server. And I couldn't get to do it because the fourth day lecture when I really first played in school, but I wasn't grasping what he was teaching. Maybe his delivery to me, to me, to get me and in tune to what I was looking for was not on the part I was looking for. And I went and did the MTSA and the lecturer was, was delightful. He was he was actually getting to understand different things. So I got actually like bridge the gap and get a wheel experience and learn also on the computer itself because building up the, the environment in the, in the VM. Getting to understand you know headaches you might encounter all right so DCP might need because you've been said this or it's starting IP better for these set of devices as you're going forward it had to learn different things and with that MCSA it helped realize that um, how I could learn better and how it helped me to grow as a person in just not the career wise but also as an individual so I learned and I found out the ways that how I learn better and I found out ways that how I operate better so that is one of the things that bridge that intuition into this into getting that MCSA. So that was like a whole of how we put into getting that MCSA. Yeah, that's that's awesome, man. And uh so you had also mentioned that the Mars project is something you're you're like you're interested in seeing how that uh uh progresses. What kind of excites you most about the Mars project? That they use EA to win contract. Say that again? They used AI to win the contract. Oh, yeah. So I was watching the Mars project on uh, the age, age of AI and how they, they, how they sat this, this, the team together with the project and how they used the different materials and used the AI to actually build the model. And they didn't move, when they completed, they didn't get it up finished complete because time is against them and the machine was moving slow because. Yeah, I used the model and it was, it was a fast thing. It was more the unique 
the uniqueness of the AI using the insight that it got from different areas of how it's supposed to be and the trajectory of Mars and all that other environmental factors affected in. So when it builds this house or this dome, that it actually would withstand all the pressure. So because of that, it made it move a little slow. And they didn't win, they, they, they lost the, the time, but when it was going into pressure test, that's when they won, because the, when it, they did the first dome, the dome, I put the, the bulldoze on it, it, it crashed. The tractor on it, I was like, it crashed. But when it put the pressure test on that dome that was built by the AI, it lifted up the tractor off the ground. Hmm. And to a point that it started, it chipped at the top because it wasn't finished, but that's, that's all. Everything else was still structured, was still standing, and it to me is like, with AI and machine learning, you get to that level of understanding going forward that different avenues and different techniques and different combinations of stuff is what you get a great product out of, a great strategy out of. And that just was like exciting to me. Yeah, that, yeah that's awesome, man. And uh, so of all, so we've talked about a lot of things. We've opened up a lot of cans of worms. What is... Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, but, uh, and, and some serious good advice here too, but I, I have to ask, what is the best piece of advice you've ever received? Um, be humble to learn. Awesome. <laughs> or be humble to learn. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Um, what is the, what is the biggest lesson you've learned from working in the trenches? that you would like to tell your younger self? The biggest lessons I've learned in chances is that believe in yourself, um, that's one. Um, work hard. Try to always be kind to people. Always treat the janitor like you see you. I respect you get to see you the janitor because that will help you in the long run. Trust me, it would help you in the long run. Always is everyone that open it here to listen to us stuff like that. Um, just focus, focus on, on your stuff because it helps. Always hone your craft and stuff and do copy to everybody else. Just you just focus on you doing you. Mm-hmm. Don't say what they want to say. Um, good, bad, or different, but you just focus on being you. So I don't think I'll throw my arms out. Yeah. It would have really helped if I learned that back then. <laughs> yeah, that's... Uh... It's, it's good. Uh, it's good for the people that are coming up. And, uh, I I guess like, you know, just listening to you here, like my only regret is like some of these things I didn't figure out faster, but the next best thing is to, you know, hand it off to somebody else. So maybe they have a chance. Yeah, because it helps, it helps them skip a a small lesson or two so they can learn a better lesson going forward. Yeah. They can take what you give them and build on it and they can build on. So when they get somebody else, and you give them that kind of advice so they can build on that. So you have a generation that's building on the past generations. And I mean, we hopefully we should, um, at least that we just push out. <laughs> yeah. Now, now, let me ask you this. This might be tricky. At least for myself, I know that if I had really good advice right now and I was talking to like my 18-year-old self, I don't know if I would have listened to me. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. That is true. Um, I'll tell him. Go make a mistake. Keep what I've told you in mind, but go make a mistake because mistakes helps. Mistakes is what makes machine learning. Yeah. 
what it is. So if you get a refine or optimize machine learning algorithm, it has to make a mistake or two. So take it maybe advice I've given you, use it, but make a mistake. Mm-hmm. And you see the, the, the end result, so you see a little different yeah, your understanding would expand, your experiences will give you a different level of insight versus somebody else that's coming out from a textbook because you can you can do something a mechanic can fix a car better than a robot could. Because it would listen it could actually listen to the engine, listen to the the sounds of the engine and build that insight from it like okay, so um you see that 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 um carburetor, it should take it down in a few injector because it's carburetor off. These kind of things it helps because you now as an individual, you've learned that experience, you gain that experience. It's just like, all right, hmm. and a next solution comes along, it can add that because, all right, so I won't do this again because I see the end result. Come back to the same with machine learning, that's the same thing. They beat, they beat with a stick, they go back, they try it again. And learning helps build that, making mistakes helps build that, that, that gap, that emotion mm. as an individual also. It helps build your character. You get to see things that you never talked about yourself before. And doing that will help you going forward. So learning mistakes, making mistakes. What I've told you in mind, making mistakes. Yeah. Don't, and I guess, uh, like, not being too hard on yourself, like, knowing, like, it's part of this process, uh, you know, making mistakes. And it's always a hard – it's still a hard one to swallow. I want to make less mistakes. But uh, – what you're saying is make more um, strategic mistakes. Yeah. Yeah, be, yeah, be strategic. <laughs> yeah. I like it. I, I like that. Yeah, if you're going to just kind of, you know, figure out where you, need to, where you need to fail faster, I guess. Just kind of... Yeah, because um, some of the biggest minds in the world say that failure is what be them who they are. Um, Michael Jordan was one of the greatest basketball players in the world. If he didn't not make his high school um, basketball team, would we know him as Michael Jordan today? Yeah, it's yeah, it's a good question. That you bring up a good point because that guy, like, uh, like he he was like super hardworking. Like, as soon as he won his championship rings, he was like, "All right, I'll see you back in the gym at like five o'clock in the morning or whatever." Like, it was yeah. You, you you didn't see all the hard work that went into the, what that guy, like you saw what he accomplished. You didn't see all that hard work and, and all the hard failure. Work, yeah. you know? People, as someone said, people always, people always, always congratulate you in public what you practice and do in hours in private. Mm. So understanding that it's like, all right, I'm going to, Doing the work could be the push-ups or I have to do good extra distance because doing that will improve my game makes me better because Spartan has the Spartan has a great game. That sweat more in training, sweat less in war. Work hard in training, you sweat less in the war because you now going in training, going giving it all at, at that point, that particular point in time. When you go to the recomposition, it's like, hey. I'm ready. Oh, you tired? Who could you ask yourself? Hey, come on, you're five more minutes later. You're not on the bell inside. So 
me coming back to what we're saying is just basically understanding yourself, within yourself, pushing yourself, doing your 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 hardest. Because with the science people things like, oh, just make make more money than a doctor. I was like, ooh, cool. No, that's hard work. You go into yeah, that kind of money. As I saw some people, they pay for everything. Yeah. So understanding that when doing hard work, doing the hard work, it helps. That experience helps. Yeah. Yeah, man, that's, that's awesome. Cool. Well, uh, I guess I just have a couple other questions here for you. What is the most important book to read in 2020? Um, 2020 most important book to read in 2020. It could be like anything you, you could be like, you know, it, it doesn't have to be a techie book. Um, we have a lot of business books. Um, Effective, lead, Effective Leader is one of the books I, I, I read. I didn't read it in 2020, but I read it. Mm-hmm. Um, out of a um, book on strategy, like Art of War. Yeah. That's a good book to read. Cool. Yeah, I'm always on the hunt. I ask that question to everybody on the show. And I very, very rarely do I get the same response. So I've got a nice book, nice list of books. And uh, thank you. You've just yeah, added a couple more I'm, books. <laughs> yeah, um, share with me because I want to. I want to get some books to read too. So, you know, I want to read like twelve books before the end of the year. Yeah, that's good, man. Um, oh, uh, what is so everything we've talked about today? What is kind of like the message that we want? we want to leave the audience with? Message I want to leave the audience with. Um, let's leave them with work hard. Um, let's leave them with, the science is not that easy as you think. Um, you can survive in it, yes, but work hard. It doesn't matter the background. Once you work hard, you get through. Yeah. That's awesome. Cool, man. And uh, where where do they go connect with you? Is it on LinkedIn or do, where do we send them? What is the call to action right now? Okay, so um, if you go to glixsolutions.com, uh, that's G-E-L-I-X solutions. Um, they, they can send us an email there. Um, they can connect to me on LinkedIn. They can follow my Facebook page, Glix Solution Industries on Facebook. Um, we have an Instagram now. The exclusion industries and connect me on LinkedIn, Gabriel Hughes, and so our connections. Yeah. This is on the follow, follow our DS by series. Um, I post every day, but I haven't posted because of the coronavirus. Um, I've been doing some research on the coronavirus to help build awareness and get a little deeper understanding going forward. So that's one of the things I've been working on. So that's a mm. post of my time. Okay, excellent. And we'll make sure they have all those uh, links and everything in there. I might, I might, uh, maybe after the the show, we can talk about um, how we how we'll get all the links. So yeah, no problem. Okay, cool, man. Well, yeah, that's that's pretty much the show. So Gabri, thank you so much for letting me borrow your brain for the last uh, hour or so. And uh, man, you're an amazing human. Thank you so much.
Thank you so much for having me. I'm, I'm just, I was like excited the whole day. Like, oh, okay, I'm going to do this podcast with this guy. Like, okay, oh, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm happy. I'm happy you did it, man. This was a lot of fun. So it, it was, it was, it was. Yep. <laughs> awesome.